I want to start today by reading a scripture out of Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. In the Amplified. And it's all in the context of Paul and Silas. They've been in prison. They've been beaten. They haven't done anything wrong. But the reason they're in the situation is because they were doing something right. They were preaching the gospel. They were preaching the gospel. And people that were in power and authority that were evil had no interest in them preaching the gospel. They were so effective, and a lot of times, if we're not careful in our Christian mind, we'll think, man, if I'm going to serve God, that everybody's going to like me. Not necessarily. There comes opposition. Your life shouldn't be constant opposition, but there is opposition in life. Matthew 13 talks about that opposition will come because of the word's sake. So when you get a hold of the word that's going to bring you through, that's going to give you victory, that's going to establish you, that's going to strengthen you, not everybody's going to like that. When you get blessed, Mark 10, Jesus said, nobody, nobody gives to me in the gospel's sake without receiving a hundredfold in this life with persecution and in the life to come, eternal life. Why is there persecution? Because not everybody's happy that you're happy. Not everybody's going to celebrate your victories. Not everybody's going to clap and give God praise when he answers your prayers. It's the craziest thing. But even the Bible says that Jesus knew what was in man. He knew what was in humanity. Don't depend on the arm, what the Bible refers to as the arm of flesh or the arm of humanity. We can, tr we can love each other. We can trust each other. We can look to each other. But don't get to a place that your life depends on people. Because if people don't act the way they should act, and your life is built on the foundation of people, then all of a sudden your foundation begins to rock and shake and you begin to fall aside. And I've seen people that were good people that fell away from their walk with God. Why? Because their life, their walk with God wasn't based on the word of God or a real relationship. It was based on somebody. And when the somebody stopped serving God, that was their, their basically green light that, oh, if they're not going to serve God, I guess I don't have to. If they're not going to do it, then I don't have to. I'm so disappointed by what their, their mistakes are, I'm not even going to try. See, that's a tactic of the enemy. So they were doing good. Just because you face opposition doesn't always mean that you've done something wrong. Can I get an amen? Only in the church do we, do we kill our wounded. Oh, they're going through a hard time. I wonder what's going on. Maybe they're doing something good and the devil's just trying to fight them. We're, still, we're supposed to encourage each other. We're supposed to pray for each other. Doesn't mean you have to stop them where they're at and pray. You know, you can pray from afar. You can't pray. You, you don't have to interact with a person and pray for them. Oh, the Lord placed you upon my heart to pray for you. Well, pray for them. But don't go to their work and stop them, get them, cost their job. Come on, somebody. Right? There's a balance, there's wisdom. And so when, when you're doing good, doesn't mean that everybody's going to applaud it. That's why it's important, on a side note, that's why it's important as Christians that we not only pray, but we get involved in areas, even political. I, I encourage people from the grassroots, be involved if that's what God's called you to do. We need more Christians in powers and positions even of government, from local, aldermen, school boards, all the way up. Can I get an amen? Because Proverbs says that when the righteous rule, everyone's blessed. When the evil rules, that creates catastrophe. And so, and I'm not calling anybody evil. So if you're thinking, I wonder what political, I mean, don't go down that road. As far as I'm concerned, most of them are evil. I think most of them are intelligent, 
I don't think any of them are dumb, even though the marketing will try to tell you they're dumb. I just think most of them at that level, at the top tier, quite honestly, are owned. Because they owe somebody that got them there. Okay, let's move it right along. What are you supposed to do? Well, you pray, you get information, and you vote. That's your, that's your constitutional right. Too many soldiers died on the battlefield for our freedom to vote. So don't not vote. I, don't, I think it's all rigged. Well, it might be, but still vote. If you don't vote, you should keep your mouth shut. Okay, moving right along. So Paul and Silas, I don't know how we went down that road, but Paul and Silas find themselves in a situation, verse 25. But about midnight, when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, this is the Amplified Translation, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so powerful that the very foundation of the prison was shaken. Notice that, the very foundations of the prison were shaken. Paul and Silas begin to do something that was not natural, because if you've been beaten, if you've been rejected, if you've been in prison, your typical response isn't, Praise the Lord. It's like OMG, right? God, why is this happening to me? I'm trying to do good. Lord, I, I, I just invited my friend to church. Why have all of a sudden they're talking bad about me? I just try to pray for somebody to help them. Why all of a sudden is this stuff happening to me? No, in the, in the situation, not after the situation, in the, situ- in the situation, look at your neighbor and say, in the situation. You're one of the greatest opportunities. Look to your other neighbor and say, in case you didn't do it the first time, say, in the situation. situation. Say, neighbor, I'm going to work you now. Now you just ticked me off. Neighbor, say, neighbor, not after, but in the situation. That's one of the greatest times you can praise God. In the situation, when it don't feel like it, when it doesn't look good, when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, oh God, where are you? I don't feel you. Well, what does it matter how you feel? Feelings move and change. The Bible says he'll never leave you and forsake you. That should be good enough. Amen. And so it's in the situation. They did something that was not natural. They did something that would be supernatural. See, one of the things I pray for you in my own prayer time is that you will have supernatural hearing and supernatural re- uh, obedience so that you can have supernatural results. We want the supernatural results, but we don't want to have supernatural hearing or supernatural obedience. We want to have natural obedience and supernatural results. But natural obedience only gets natural results. If you want the supernatural results, you have to do what God shows you to do, even when it doesn't make sense to your natural mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. The steps of the righteous are what? Order to the Lord. See, God's a commander. He makes a command if you're following, and you got to learn to listen and obey. You have to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart willing to obey so that you can have what God wants you to have. And so Paul and Silas did something that was beyond the natural, beyond the normal. They did something that was supernatural. They began to praise God in the midst of the situation, in the situation when it doesn't feel good, in the situation when they're bleeding, in the situation when they feel the pain, in the situation where they haven't moved one inch toward destiny or the direction of victory. In the situation when they were still in prison. In the situation when it still smelled. In the situation where they heard the other prisoners starting swearing and cussing. Because if you ever go to a jail, they're not singing hymns. Come on, somebody. In the situation. 
I wish God would just give me a better job. I got so many people around me that aren't serving and they just talk bad. Well, in the situation, why don't you turn it around? And you can be a light in a dark place. And all of a sudden, in the process of time, God can use you to reach people. And one day, it won't be said of, man, that is a bad place to work. They're all a bunch of heathens that cuss and swear and talk horrible. It'll be said, wow, that place is amazing. You would think all those people are saved. How do they get saved? Come on, somebody. In the situation, say in the situation. So while they're in the situation, they praise God. They sing praises so loud that the, the other prisoners listen to them. And the Bible says that the very foundation of the prison was shaken. And at once all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. All of a sudden, they were not only able to move freedom, they were able to walk through the door opportunity, able to move, freedom, able to walk through the door, opportunity, able to move, freedom, able to walk through the door, opportunity. If you have freedom without opportunity, then you just move within the space you've always been. If you have opportunity but no freedom, all you can do is see the door of opportunity as it passes you by. Freedom to move, opportunity. To walk through that door. But what had to happen? They had to, go ahead and turn it on. They, they had to have the shaking of a foundation. Now, Pastor Greg Hand, who just did the offering, actually, and we haven't talked, he actually alluded to what we're going to be talking today. Because what I have seen in the church, what the Lord has dropped in my heart for this particular day, is that a lot of times in the church world, what we miss is that we either don't see the opportunities that God has, or we see them and we don't take them because we're not, we don't have the ability to take them. We're bound. We're in the church. It's getting quiet. Do you know people can be in church and be bound? People can be in church and, and love God and still not be able to go to the next level that God has already prepared for them? What I want to talk to you today is in the context of this phrase here. Notice that the gates opened, the doors opened, and the chains were unfastened or dropped when the foundations begin to shake. When the foundations begin to shake. I'm defining foundations as this. Those are the, the bedrock of our beliefs. The foundations that we believe. Jesus said one day... And challenge everything I say with the word of God. Jesus said one day that anybody who hears my words and does them is as a person who, in Luke's gospel, put it this way, dug deep into the rock and built their house on the rock. And when the floods came, when the storms came, see, Jesus said, in this life you'll deal with trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. Wouldn't you like to, and again, this is not we should live through battles, but wouldn't you like the next time you have to deal with the battle, you deal with it with a smile on your face. Come on, come on, somebody. People are like, I didn't know you were going through that. You just seemed happy. Well, I was good, good cheer. You don't have to be an idiot. But you can be of good cheer, Amen. Jesus said, anybody who hears the words I'm saying and does them is as a person who builds their house on the rock, and when the storms come, they stand. Amen. 
But anybody who doesn't hear and do what I say, what they're doing is they are building their house, their life on sand. And when storms come, they sink. And great, Jesus said, and great is the fall of it. The Bible tells us that, the, that God's truth is the foundation. God's truth is the foundation. His word is truth. So when we begin to look at the word of God and begin to understand the truth and the power of God's word, we begin to see that, wait a minute, how am I building my life? Now let me put a pause on here because all of us come from different paths. How we were raised, where we were raised, who we were raised by, what church we went to. And so there is a human tendency for all of us to gather these experiences, what we have seen, what we've experienced, and what we've been told, and begin to look at them and define and utilize them as the foundation of our life. Why do we do what we do? Why do we make decisions the way we make them? Why do we react the way we reacted? Have you ever had somebody react just like it was way beyond norm? It was like OMG? All I did was say good morning. You're like, what happened? And then they, they, they tell you later, I am so sorry. You know, I had somebody say good morning, good morning to me one day. And then they, they fired me five, five minutes. And so now every time somebody says good morning, I, I'm being extreme here. But we'll, we'll take something natural and connect an experience to it so that anytime something that is similar to the experience happens, we think it's going to be that action again. Why did you act that way? Well, you know, my last spouse, when they would give me that tone, I knew we were going to be in a big fight. And when I heard that tone, when I saw that look, I just geared up for a fight. And you're thinking, I don't even know you're that person. I'm not imitating them. Come on, somebody. What happens? Our foundation. What is your foundation? Now, the Bible tells us that the foundation of God is sure. That means it's solid. That, that means it's, it cannot be moved. Can I get an amen to that? But sometimes we find in our lives the things that we've built on are moving because the foundations are moving. But pastor, that, that's not me. I totally agree. That's, that's not me. I get it. I, I totally agree. And that's going to be for somebody else. That's going to be for somebody else. Because, you know, there's a lot of people, they have some issues. But, you know, I, I've grown up in church. I, I've served God my whole life. I, I, I've, I've got this thing down. Turn to your Bibles to Proverbs 21, verse 2. It says, are you with me today? It says, every man's ways are right in their own eyes. Proverbs 21, 2, Amplified. Every man's ways are what? Who's, who? Everyone. Everyone's ways, the way they do life, is right. You'll not find too many people that will say, oh, no, I, I am doing life so jacked up. It's so opposite. that I, am, I know that I'm doing it wrong, and it's just the way I want to do it. I'm going to do everything messed up. No, they think they're right. Have you ever been in a place where you knew you were right? You were convinced you were right. You were sold. You would put everything on a wage that you were right. And then you found out you're wrong. 
Don't look at your spouse. Why? Because the natural part of humanity is we begin to say the routine of our lives. Well, I guess it's working out. I guess it's okay. It must be right. Every person's way they do life is right in their own perspective. But God, say God. God. Say God. God. But the Lord weighs and examines the hearts of the people and their motives. Wow. That's not to... That's not to threaten us, that's not to challenge, intimidate us, that's not to frustrate us, that's to bring us all in the same boat. What if there's things in our life, it's not, it's not God keeping it from us, it's not the devil keeping it from us, what if there's things in our life that we are keeping ourselves from? What if somewhere in your past, you were told so many times that you are of no value. And every time God is trying to bring you up to the next level, you tell yourself, I can't go there. That's too good. I, I, I'm not good. I have no value. The labels that we've allowed people to put on, it's just human nature. If we're not careful, we'll define us, conform us. Maybe I've been taught that, you know, God will put sickness on you. And you are... You are convinced that God will put sickness on you. And so you're dealing with sickness, and in your mind you're thinking, oh, I know, I'm going to pray the Lord heals me. But deep down you're like, well, maybe this is from God. Maybe God's trying to bless you. But deep down you have this thing on the inside that causes you to feel a little hesitance because you're afraid to allow yourself to be blessed. Well, I can't drive that car. I've never had a new car. We always get something that's reasonable and reliable. And there's nothing wrong with buying a used car. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want something new and you have the ability to do it and you won't allow yourself to have it, maybe it's not God, maybe it's not the devil, maybe it's you. You say you wanna be happy, but when the opportunities come, you either don't step through them or you don't see the opportunity to step through them because things deep down are holding you back from being successful, from being happy, from being victorious. Oh, I can't be vulnerable because if I'm vulnerable with my spouse, last time I was vulnerable with somebody, it was bad and I was devastated emotionally. So I've guarded myself and so I'm gonna live with this guard up and all of a sudden we're being hindered by our past. David said it this way. David said, God, I'm like a book. I lay myself before you. Search the pages. Talk about vulnerability. Lord, here I am. I'm vulnerable. Search my heart. Search the pages and see if there's anything that's in me that's not right. Why? Because he knew that the, he knew that the heart of the Father was only for good. Jesus said, there's none good but one, and that's your heavenly Father. And so the tendency, if we're not careful, is we allow. And if you're comfortable with the level of living that you're at, praise God, celebrate it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You love Jesus, you're going to heaven, and you're like, I'm good, I'm comfortable, this is all I want, that's fine. But for the people that are feeling, are living, are dealing with the experience of, I love the Lord, I know I'm going to heaven, but I know my life needs to mean more. I want to make a bigger impact. I want to go to the next level. 
One of my things is I don't want to get to heaven and God say, welcome, but let me, here's what you, that you allowed me to do, but here's what I wanted to do. Here's what you achieved. Here's the people you reached. Here's what I intended for you to reach. Can you imagine? They say, oh, God, I fed 10 people in my neighborhood on a regular basis. Praise God, but I planned you feed a city. A city? How would I do that? Oh, God, I, I, I'm so thankful that I was able to pay my bills. Nobody in my family ever paid their bills. Well, praise God that you're doing something your family hasn't done. But what if God wants to take you to the place that you're paying the bills of other people? And impacting the kingdom of God. It's so quiet around here. Y'all make me nervous. But I, I feel in my heart that the Lord wants us to understand that he can open those doorways. Because the Bible says he can open doors and no man can close and close doors no man can open. He can free you. But we have to be willing to praise him beyond our past. Praise him beyond our person. Praise him beyond our perspective. Oh God, I praise you. And we praise him with the, with the confinement and the definement of all the things that we've been told in the past. I think it's always interesting to me how people, I can say something even in service and inevitably I'll have somebody after the service come and say something to me that I already answered before they asked and I didn't know and it was something the Lord was giving them the answer. It was right there waiting for them but they didn't hear it. Why? Because they were distracted to, with the question and I guess in their mind they're like, oh, after service I'm going to go down and ask pastor this and, you know I mean? and I'm like, I already answered that. You know I mean? If they were listening, they would have saved themselves a lot of time. And you're like, well, no, let me state this again. Not trying to be rude, but it, it, it's not like I know what you're thinking, but the Holy Spirit knows what you need. All I'm trying to do is stay sensitive to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And, let it, and he'll say many times things that you need to hear in the moment, not just because I figured it out, because I, I'm not that smart. I wish I was. But all of a sudden, the Lord knows your heart. He knows the heart of people. He knows what he wants to get into your life. And time, there are many times that many Christians, maybe not you, we'll pray for the person behind you, okay, so you feel comfortable about this. So it's not you. So, but there's people in the church world who God has already prepared. He has prepared a table for you in the midst of your enemies. Uh, Psalmist said. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we're, many times we'll spend years asking for permission for something he's already approved of. For the promises of God are yea and amen to those. Are you listening? That means approved and so be it. And we're asking God to give us something that he already gave us. Why won't God do it? Maybe he already has. Maybe it's your willingness to say, God, I, I want to take any foundation in my life. That's one of my prayers. God, if there's things, if there's belief systems in my mind that I don't even know that are there, that are a hindrance to the truth of your word, oh God, shake that foundation. Anything that would close the doorway of opportunity, anything that would restrict me from obeying you. Oh God, I don't want anything to hinder me from obeying you. And if there's a belief system, it's not about, it. oh, I got to deal with the devil. And there's times you have to deal with the devil, but there's not a demon under every rock. Sometimes we got to deal with ourselves. It's easy to blame the devil. Oh, the devil's holding me back. Why do you say that? He keeps, I keep losing my job. The devil's just a liar. He's trying to steal. Of course the devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But you keep showing up late and cussing your boss out. It's not the devil. He wasn't even around. 
I can only imagine a devil saying to his demons, I wasn't even there. That's not me. I, I can only imagine a staff meeting in hell. They're like, leave that person alone. They do fine enough job on their own, sabotaging themselves. I've seen people like that, uh, that love God, but there was things on the inside of their belief system, and all of a sudden, it was kind of like, if, if they were left to themselves, they would implode. You don't have to even attack them. You just leave them alone. It's like ever so many months, or every year and a half, or whatever it might be on their rhythm, they just implode. They say things they shouldn't say. They do things they shouldn't do. They freak out emotionally, and they just implode. Why? Because there's beliefs in their life, and we don't always want to deal with this, but you, you're saved. Your salvation encompasses the whole part of you. The Bible says your spirit, your soul, and your body. We want to blame the devil for everything, that sometimes it's the belief system of our soul that, that hinders us from obeying God. Oh, I'm going to give an offering. I expect a harvest. Wonderful. But then when God creates the opportunity, you don't walk through it. Because your belief system is that it should just fall into your lap. And I've gone to the mailbox, and there's no envelope full of cash. And we define the direction that God wants. We, we define for God his direction of what he has to do. And God is not always going to answer your prayers the way you think he should do it. Okay, God, here's what I want. Number one, I want you to make that person like me. Number two, I want you to, and we begin to demand from God how he's supposed to do it. And yet the word of God, the word of God tells us that his ways are much higher than our ways. If you're here and you're listening and you've been struggling, maybe you keep hitting the wall and you can't break through that next level and that you miss the opportunities or you see the opportunities but it seems like you just are not able to, to take that step through it. All you, all you have to realize, all you need to know is that the truth be told, it's not always the devil, it's not God. Maybe there's some areas of your life that need to be dealt with. Mm. Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, sometimes the simple answers are the best answers. Look to your neighbor and say, sometimes the simple ones, the simple answers are the best answers. John 8, verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall See, we quote all the time about, oh, the truth will set you free. That's when you're trying to get your kids to stop lying, right? <laughs> but if you look at the context of it, Jesus said to those who already believed, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then, are, then you are my disciples, and then you shall know the truth. Jesus said it this way. Matthew 7, verse 24, therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, therefore, whosoever does what? Hears. Do you know what I find that happens a lot of times in the church world? And it's, I don't think there's evil intent. Good people in the church will tell new people in the church all the things that they need to do to live for God. You say, well, that should be happening. You should, you know, 
we can add so many to-dos of things that you shouldn't do and things you should do and all these things, and people begin to think that the Christian life is just following the pattern of somebody else's life. And they're so weighed down with the weight of it that there is no life. You know why? Because they're building their life on what somebody else said God had said. Have you ever played that game as a kid? You get a line of people and someone tells a secret to the first person and they tell it to the second person, tell the third person, tell the fourth person. And time, I mean, you don't have to go down to too many people. All of a sudden the story is so jacked up. Right? It's not even close. Because they tell us, physiologically, if you will, we'll go that way, that you only hear half of what anybody is saying at the time. And so your brain fills in the gap. Interesting, huh? And yet it's that type of lifestyle that a lot of Christians live. Just like Israel told Moses, God told Moses, bring the people up. It's time for them to experience me. And Moses said, great news. God said, it's time for you to experience him. And you know what they said? You go and let us know what he said. Secondary revelation. You tell us what God is saying and we'll try to apply it. But when all of a sudden, it's not that you have to hear voices. If you begin to look for voices, you're going to get all messed up because the devil will accommodate. The Bible says he can even appear as an angel of light. And so you don't look for voices. You look to the word of God. Continue in my word. Continue in my word. If you continue in my word. If you continue in my word. If you continue. Well, I need to pray. Well, Jesus said, if you abide in my words and my words abide in you, then you shall ask. No, oh, I don't want to do that. I just want the problem fixed. I don't really want to come to God. I really don't want to know him. I just want to casually be aware of him. We're aware of God and we know him. And we know, we know athletes and movie stars better than we know God. And we, we blame the devil because we don't see God do something. And God said, I'm willing to do something, but you got to come to me. Right. I'm willing to do something, but you have to approach me boldly. I'm willing to do something. I've opened up the way. I'm the doorway. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. Anybody who comes, John 10, anybody who, John 10, anybody who comes to me will find salvation and go in and out. In and out doesn't mean you repent because you sin every weekend. you got to come to church to repent, and every weekend's about you repenting because the lifestyle you lived on during the week. No, that's not what he's saying. In and out. It's you'll find pasture. That means you keep coming back to the Word. You keep coming back to the Word. You keep coming back. I know we always like flashy things. I know we always like to have real unique answers and stuff. I love it too, but you know, sometimes we got to get back to the basics. Sometimes we got to get back to the fundamentals. And if we're not spending any time in the Word, you have to ask yourself, how are you going to allow God to redefine your perception? How do you allow God to bring the desires into your heart? How do you allow yourself to begin to experience and let God do a change on the inside of you that will keep, because the enemy will will use your own past hiccups, hangups, and issues to hold you back. And though you see the opportunity God brings into your life, you can't even move toward them because of issues or offenses or past perceptions that you have allowed the devil to create in your mind of so many different ways because you were abused. I'm sorry, the abuse should never happen, but not everybody's going to abuse you. That you can be vulnerable to the right person. I, 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 I hate people because of their color of skin. That's racism, and maybe you're exposed to a bad person. Let me tell you, evil's in every shade. It's not in one shade. And so you can't allow the color of skin to define 
everybody. We have to get past. What it is is the tactic of the devil to put stuff on the inside of you. And when God creates an opportunity, I'm telling you, Jesus did stuff they'd never seen before. And he would minister to people that they thought he should not even be talking to. Why? Because he's not hung up and held back by the perspective of man. He was following the will of God. And some of us got to be willing to take a step out of a boat to walk on water that we've never walked before. We've never heard of anybody walking on before. We've never seen anybody. But all we know is Jesus did it. And Lord, if you're there, call me there. Lord, if you're there, call me there. We got to begin to say, Lord, I don't know what it means sometimes. Some of us have been so struggling financially. We are so many generations deep that we don't even think it's possible to be blessed. But you got to come to a place of God if you're there. Oh, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. I'll come over here and talk to you. Some of, we got to come to a place that I'm not going to look to my own life. I'm not going to look to my parents' life. I'm not going to look to my grandparents' life. I'm not going to look to my neighbor. I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. And I got one question. If that's you, if you're there, if you're there in the land of blessing, call me. I don't know how to get there, but you can change me. Uproot all the stuff that shouldn't be there. Remove the foundations that I'm depending on that didn't come from your word. Woo, that's from the Spirit of God. Well, I don't know anybody who's done that. You ought to just say, Jesus, if you're there, call me. I want to be where you're at. I'm tired of being where I've been. I'm tired of being where I know people have been. I'm tired of being with everybody that I know has been. I want to go where you're at. If you want to walk on water, child, you've got to be able to willingly say, Lord, if that's you, call me out. Lord, I lift up my hands in praise. Call me out of this. Call me out of this pit called mediocrity. Call me out of this prison called sickness. Call me out of this pit called depression. Call me out of this pit called mental health. Call me out where everybody's still. You don't have to be like everybody else. You can be the only one. If nobody receives a healing, you can be the first. Well, everybody's, everybody I know is deals with mental health. Maybe that's true, but you don't have to live there with everybody else. You don't have to live with the land of Egypt. You can live in Goshen. You don't have to, you can be exempt from what the natural because you live in the supernatural. Can, are you, can I get an amen? I don't know anybody in my family who's ever owned a business. You can be the first. I don't know if anybody who's ever led people to the Lord, you can be the first. I don't know anybody who hasn't dealt with everybody in my family. We get divorced, usually five or six, seven divorced. I don't know of anybody who stays married. You can be the first. You ought to say, hey, Jesus, if you're there, call me out. Shake my foundation that doesn't, is not based on the word. Shake any foundation that I'm standing on, any foundation that I'm leaning on, any foundation that I'm trusting on. If it's out of alignment with your word, it might be in alignment with religion, but not your word. Anything that's not in alignment with your word, show me, Lord. I'm going to praise you because I need it shaken because I need doors open and I need a freedom to step through the doorway that you're creating for me. Shake my foundation. Shout, shake my foundation. I don't want to be my foundation anymore. I need those foundations shaken. I need fear shaken. I'm afraid if I go out, I'll die. Well, if you die, you go to heaven. So just quit being in fear and go out and enjoy yourself. Heaven's real, folks. Heaven's wonderful, folks. Don't be foolish. Use wisdom. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Trust him that he is well able. He is well able. He is well able to keep you. I figured worst thing happened, I miss it, and I go to heaven. Woohoo! You think I'm going to approach Jesus? I've never heard of anybody, and I've talked to people who've died and gone to heaven and come back. I've never heard anybody say, you know what, when I got there, I thought, really, this is it? Can I go back and get another shot? They don't do that. They don't do that. Why? They're like, OMG, don't send me back now. No, you, it's not your time. It's not your time. We had one gentleman in the church who was years ago, member of the church, and was having open heart surgery. His heart was out of his body. Keep being kept alive, kept pumping. He was being kept alive too by machines. And then the power of the hospital goes out. That's what you call a bad day in the medical field. It's real technical, right? So the backup generators kicked on. But then the backup generators went out. No power. I believe it was like for 15 minutes. They finally got the power on and was able to resuscitate him. The doctor, the surgeon, his wife tells me that the surgeon, when he came to talk to her after the surgery, was, looked like he was frazzled, like he was a nervous wreck. He was shaking, trembling. And he said, well, your husband's made it through, and if he doesn't have religion, I bet he does now. <laughs> he didn't know anything about the loss of power. He just found himself in heaven. He said to me, Pastor, every blade of grass was amazing. I'm telling you, heaven's real, folks. Heaven's amazing. Heaven's beyond description. Even Paul talked about it. The third heaven. They could not even put in words to describe it. It was so amazing. He, he talked to family, and he said the Lord came to him and said, it's not your time. You have to go back. Now, that's the time you want to argue with Jesus. Let's, let's negotiate this. You know, I've lived a pretty good life. My family said that we're good. Let's talk about me just hanging out here for a little bit. Can you imagine Enoch, who walked with God, the Bible says, and then was not? I bet that he was like, Lord, you know, your house is a lot better than mine. Let's just hang out here a little bit longer. <laughs> Let's get to the place. Are you open to say, Lord, I'm not going to dig my heels in the ground, cross my arms and say, nope, this is what I've been told, this is what I believed. What if we've been told something that wasn't in alignment with the word of God? Right. Let let. Every man be a liar, the Bible says, and God be true. Amen. Shake my foundation, Jesus. Any foundation that's not based on him, yes. any foundation that's not based on the word of God, two, three witnesses, let everything be established. Let it be shaken. Why? Because the foundations that are not on the word will collapse. They'll keep the door of opportunities closed. They'll keep the, the, the chains of prison on your hand to keep you from freedom. You can't move and you can't walk through. But I believe God's calling us out. I like that. Yeah. Say, Jesus, if you're there, Jesus, you're there. call me. Oh. That's what Peter said. Lord, if that's you, call me out. Amen. I don't know anybody who's ever done it that way. But if you're there, that's what we care about. It's obeying him. Right. Obeying him. Some of you, you're going to begin to see God use you in a ministry way like you've never seen before. You're like, I don't know anybody in my family that would pray for people, pray for the sick, or witness to people, or be used in ministry. Yeah, but that's your past experience. Don't let that limit you. If Jesus is there and he's calling you out, let the foundations that aren't based on the word, let them shake a little bit. Just think about this. Can you imagine 
God coming in, and in one moment, what took years to establish in your life to hold you back, God changes it in one moment. I remember the day there was a lady that was a hostess at a nearby restaurant, and I would go on a regular basis, and I, would, I don't tell people I'm a pastor or a Christian, I'm just nice to people. You know, if you're nice to people, a lot of times, in the process of time, they'll open up. Right. And in the process of time, uh, she began to open up and told me she was an atheist. I was like, okay, if you want to be an atheist, I think everybody has a right, but usually I find people that are that extreme, there's something to happen. And in the process of time, she began to tell me the story, how her life her mom was a single parent, didn't have enough money, so they lived with her grandparents. And her whole life, and from a child up to 17 years old, her grandfather would repeatedly molest her. And she would pray, God, if you're real, don't let it happen again. And so he would molest her again. And she just came to the conclusion, well, if God's real, he either isn't real or if he's real, he's mean. And I hate him. She said, I've raised my kids to hate God. And then one day she started coming to church. One day she heard the gospel. One day she gave her heart to the Lord. And I remember clearly when she said to me, Pastor, for the first time in 60 years, I don't feel dirty. I'm free. See, some of us have been carrying around the results of the experiences of what people have done to us. And it's defined us and hindered us. But think about the enemy spent all those years to destroy a life because he's evil. He's there to still, still steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But in one moment, the Lord can begin to bring healing yes. and uproot that foundation. Uproot that foundation. It's just not for you. I'm going to speak this prophetically over your life. You're also anointed to go around and speak words of due season yes. that can free people from the prison of they've been in their whole life. They might not see physical gates, but they're hindered from loving people. They're hindered. You know, some people, it's not that they can't love people, they can't receive love. They don't mind telling people, I love you, but when someone loves them back or tells them that you're important, I love you, they, they, they have a hard time receiving that. They don't believe it. Because somewhere in the past, somewhere in the past, They've been told over and over again, either through words or action, that you're unlovable. I really feel today is a different assignment. I re really feel in my heart the assignment today is to see foundations uprooted. Amen. Foundations begin to shake. And you begin to see the doors of opportunity that God brings you in life, relationship, relationship with Him, and also the freedom to act, the willingness and obedience. Because you can know direction, but if you don't obey, you have to be willing and obedient to eat the good of the land, the Bible says. You know what hinders people? They're either not obedient or they're not willing. I know, but I don't want to do it. Or I want to do it, and I can't push, get myself to make that step. I don't know why. I'm telling you, today is the day. Foundations are about to be changed. Foundations are about to be changed. How many people agree with me? Yes. I'm going to give the Lord a hand clap of praise before I pray. Say with me, Heavenly Father, 
Say, Heavenly Father, shake the foundations in my life that are not based on your word so that I can live the level of life that you've called me to. Now, right, lift your hand if you need that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person with their hands raised. I believe this for all of us, quite honestly. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us. If there's areas, foundations, tactics of the enemy, whom the Son has set free, your word says is free indeed. And so, Father, God, I thank you for the power of the truth of your word. And I speak it over the lives of the people. Whatever foundation that has been holding them back, reveal it to them, Father God. Change it. Shake that foundation. Open the door. Free them from the chains that would hinder them in any area of their life, spiritually, emotionally, physically. I ask for your anointing right now to rest upon them. And we call that foundation of the enemy's tactic to be uprooted now in the name of Jesus, to be shaken and removed. And I call your people to be free. I speak freedom. I loose the anointing of freedom there, right there, right there, right there. I release freedom in your spirit right now, freedom in your mind, freedom in your soul, freedom in your heart, freedom in your body. Free. Be free in the name of Jesus. 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 No longer bound to the past. No longer bound to the hurt. No longer bound to the pain. No longer bound to the average. No longer bound to the history. No longer bound to the neighbors. No longer bound to the family. You are free to do what God's called you to do. Be free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. 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 I feel I'm gonna to speak to the people that are watching online. I don't know who you who you are, but in the name of Jesus, according to Matthew 18, 18, what I bind on earth is bound in heaven, what I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And so I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus. I curse and bind the enemy's tactics against you, and I call you out of that. Be free in the name of Jesus, right where you're at. Be free. Your lifestyle is about to change. You are free in Jesus' name. Now walk it out. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, you gotta give them praise. You gotta move beyond your comfort zone. You gotta move past your natural expectation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Free today. Whom the Son, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Thank you, Father God. 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 In the name of Jesus. Shout, I'm free. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time.